0: do, I'll introduce you, uh, Brother Steve Grubb. Thank you, you, Jerry. That's that's a pleasure. I had no uh, idea that Jerry was going to do that. Uh, He's taken up the first ten minutes of my presentation already just telling you about me, so we'll just jump right into it here in a minute. Um, I was going to give Jerry a bit of a hard time, and I may still, because it's just so much fun to do. Um, but uh, I am very pleased to be here. I have uh, many fond memories of Soddy Church, especially with Brother Bill Greer and the time he spent here serving this church, and uh, our prayers go up on his behalf with the difficulties he's facing, um, keep his family always in our prayers, uh, but I enjoy being over here. My time coming over and being with North Hamilton is just so much fun uh, to be able to come over and lead singing. I told someone earlier um, and as soon as I walked in I got pegged as you're one of them singers from East Ridge aren't you and I said yeah guilty as charged and uh, I was talking to somebody and I said I'd really rather be leading singing than talking because I do a l- little better job on the first one I think uh, but I'm glad to be here and talk to you about GCCS. Um, just real quickly before I get into um, the work itself I will tell you that uh, 18 years down at Hutchison as a uh, uh, nurse manager, and then uh, I was a director of the uh, Subacute care unit down there for i don't know three or four years uh, before I left down there went to Martin Boyd. I spent sixteen years at Martin Boyd. Some of you may have uh, seen me or knew of my association there with Martin Boyd as a director of Nursing and really enjoyed my time there. Uh, I got out of nursing uh, right right as i was uh, right as I left Martin Boyd and it was around um march april of uh 2020 and if you remember that was just about the time that uh, all of us found a new word in our vocabulary called covid Uh, so uh, i stepped away from nursing and became a hermit in my condo at black creek uh, where i live now and um and i didn't want to go back into nursing that just wasn't my calling dr ziegler i'd had enough of of that and i didn't want to go back with the mask and the gowns and everything else that it involved um so I was on the board at Greater Chattanooga Christian Services, and Ernie Hedgecourt, who had been our executive director, decided it was time for him to retire. And uh, I talked to Ernie after one of our meetings. I said, uh, Ernie, you make this look almost doable, and I think I could manage it. If What do you think about my stepping into your shoes? And he goes, Oh, I think that would be great, Steve. Why don't you try it? So I did, and I have, and I really enjoy it, and it's a really good work. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about uh, this afternoon. I will give you one little tidbit on Jerry that you can use sometime when you so choose. Um, the years that he spent in class with me were some of the most enjoyable I ever had. We had so much fun in that class. We still do. I told him out in the four year that we have finally moved on from the, from the material we were studying when he was at Eastridge. And we're finally in another topic now. Uh, because we did chase rabbits, let me tell you, we would go anywhere that class wanted to go. We would chase that rabbit, and most of the rabbits we chased were because Jerry asked a particular question. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, he was my great instigator, uh, and I always appreciated that. I have your replacement in class now, Jerry. So don't don't feel bad. Uh, but oh, we'll back. no, I, you're you're welcome to come back. Just know that somebody else is taking your spot. Uh, But it is a pleasure to be here. Let me talk to you about GCCS. i got to put my eyes on to do that because these uh, notes are not large enough without them. Uh, We were chartered in 1968, and we are a nonprofit, 501c3. And our initial emphasis at the time of our chartering was foster care. Some of you uh, that have been in the area for a number of years know that of GCCS. You probably knew us even though it's not been our name, is Greater Chattanooga Children's Home. That's what everybody referred to when they mentioned the work. Uh, And we did do quite a bit of work with foster families uh, and foster care. We at one time had three homes in the area uh, where we kept foster children. And that worked well until the state became so stringent with their guidelines and it got so difficult to find qualified foster parents that the decision was made that we had to get out of foster care and shift gears and go in another direction. And that's when we started looking to offer other services. And the two primary services we offer now are with adoptive services and Christian counseling. So that's what we do. That are, that are the two services that we offer now through Greater Chattanooga Christian Services. Um, we still are very much geared to family preservation but obviously that is done now through counseling and uh, helping uh, families that are looking to adopt. Our sponsorship comes um, solely by local Churches of Christ and individual donors. Anyone that is willing or uh, able to contribute, we are appreciative of that fact. We accept anyone that comes to our organization and needs help, regardless of their religious affiliation or their financial situation. We do accept insurance for those who are able to file with their provider. If you cannot file but still would like to avail yourself of our services, we will accept, like I say, we don't turn anyone away. We have a very generous sliding scale that we work with the individual on if they want to come and use our services. Um, It's basically, if you make this much, we request that you pay this much. If you tell us, I can't do that, I can do this, we're not going to do a financial background check and argue with you. We're going to say, okay, we can take that much. We do take people who just absolutely cannot pay, and we still meet that need, and we will continue to because we think that's what the Lord expects us to do. But that being said, that makes it a little tougher to meet the bottom line each year when you know you're not going to get fully reimbursed for the service you're providing Uh, At present, the national average on uh, counseling fees is probably around $150. Uh, You'd probably pay more in Nashville than you would in Chattanooga. I know you'd pay more in California than you would in Tennessee, but let's say around $150 is the national average per hour for counseling, and our, our amount that we collect is between $30 to $50 per session. So that's where we are and gives you an idea of why we continue to be so grateful for the support we get from churches such as Saudi and other individuals that make contributions uh, to us. Uh, at the office that we're in on Tye High Drive, we're in the Tyner area uh, here in uh, Chattanooga. That was one of our foster homes at one time. It has been renovated and it is now our uh, primary location. Our offices are, are there. We just got our downstairs uh, modernized. Um, one of our counselors uh, said, he had, he's been said for the past two or three years that we want them to feel like it's grandmas when they come here, but it doesn't need to look like it when they come here. So we finally got the downstairs renovated, and it looks very nice. You're welcome to come by. If you want to come by and just look around, we'd love for you to come and see what we've got going on. You're always welcome. Uh, we are in the situation of hoping to add another counselor. I have two counselors uh, that work full-time with us right now. Rachel Manning has been with us for uh, about 15 years. Uh, She's Phil Nunnally's daughter, for many of you who might know Phil. Uh, but She's been with us about 15 years. She is our primary uh, counselor. And then Jason Brazier, who was the uh, youth minister at Red Bank for 13 years, He decided to make a career change. He came and talked to us at GCCS. We helped him um, get through his schooling. He has now finished all of his testing and is just waiting for the state to officially say, you're good, and he is going to be a a licensed pastoral counselor, and he has been with us for the past five years now. So I have one male, one female. They both do really, really good work, Um, but we're looking hopefully to find one more person Uh, to bring on board we don't know yet if it's going to be part-time or prn or um, contract but we need someone else in the building um, just to handle the workload it's been fascinating in the time that i've been there i started this work about a year and a half ago and there are times when you're way up here with people and then uh, christmas comes or or holidays and you're way down here with people so it's hard to say yes, I can bring somebody on full-time until we know that full-time's work is going to be consistent, that those hours are going to continue, continue to exist. But if you know of anyone that might be interested, maybe in giving us some some help with some part-time work, uh, I need someone with a, as a master's prepared uh, counselor or social worker are the primary concerns, and then beyond that we can work with them beyond that. Uh, we have had people do some part-time work with us in the past, Rachel can serve as their uh, sponsor, oversee their work, you know, sign off on it. Uh, so that, that's where we're at. So hopefully we're going to be able to find that third person here before too long. Now, as I said, we do primary Christian counseling. Uh, these are both, uh, faithful members of the church. Um, we do not uh, pound somebody with the Bible when we counsel with them, but all of the advice and recommendations we make are based on sound biblical principles and always will be. Uh, If the person we're seeing, and this does happen on occasion, the person we're seeing will say, I don't want to talk Bible at all. I don't want to hear about the Bible. I don't want you to mention the Bible. Then we don't mention the Bible, but we still make all of our recommendations and advice and counseling based on biblical principles. And we'll continue to do that. That's why we're here. Um, Jason uh, offers quite a few workshops that if you as a congregation are interested uh, he would be glad to come over and uh, provide these for you. He does um, one that we call Empowering the First Responder, Navigating Our Digital World, Technology, and the Home, and that's especially pertinent with uh, young people and their exposure to the Internet and uh, and all that's going on like that. Uh, he offered this, Jason did at Eastridge, and I sat in on the sessions and it's really worthwhile material. If you're interested, he'd be glad to come and provide that for you because it's it's something I had never considered. If you've got a 6-year-old, a their approach is going to be a little different uh, how you handle them than maybe an 8-year-old or a 15-year-old. It changes, you know, as the age of the child does. But that's a really good offer, uh, workshop that he offers. He can do that, and uh, he can do it on a weekend or maybe two or three Wednesday nights if you want him to come teach your uh, – Teenage classes, he can do that. Um, We have one called Making Family History, H-I-S, His, the Lord, His, Tory, Uh, Marriage Enrichment, Preventing Minister Burnout, Faith in an Anxious World. And finally, he does one on Deeper Connections, Intimacy, Vulnerability, and Leadership. And that's obviously uh, couples related. Uh, But Jason does a really good job with these. So if you're interested, your eldership can call us and we can hook you up with having him do that. Uh, May, if you don't know it already, is designated as National Mental Health Month. Uh, I don't know that we celebrate mental health as an as issue, but it is recognized in May as a mental health, uh, an illness that needs attention. Um, and the recent figures that I have seen support this idea. Um, one in five, they speculate, whoever they are, uh, but they speculate that one in five individuals suffers from some form of mental illness. And with 44 million, that would, that would relate to 44 million people just in the United States. Uh, so, so if you're walking down the street and you see four people walking with you and you're, you're the fifth one, then you, you might have a mental illness and need to talk to somebody. But uh, 44 million people suffering from a mental illness, that's a lot of folks that, that need help. And mental illness is an interesting um, disease to deal with. Um, And I know Dr. Ziegler would support this. If you're in the field at all, as a rule, now me and I know we're different because we don't ever want to admit anything's wrong. and go see the doctor and get it corrected, and all you wives can say amen if you want to. Uh, But physical illness, we're not too proud or concerned with going to the doctor and say, hey, I've got this problem. But if it's mental illness, we don't want anybody to know that we have that mental illness. We don't want to look for help for that mental illness. And and people will deny getting attention and trying to get better. So uh, if you think you've got something going on, I'm not the mental health expert, but if you'll call us, we'll be glad to talk with you. And if need be, see you, set you up with whatever uh, care you might need. We do not do psychiatric care so if you say my doctor says I need to change my meds and can you do that for me the answer is real quickly no we do not mess with medications but we do counseling and if you're seeing a psychiatrist and they say hey you need to get some counseling we're there for you okay and we can do that and if you're if you're in a situation where it's a psychiatric type thing and you think you need assistance we can refer you hopefully to a good psychiatrist or uh, facility you might could get to but we can't treat you and and be your provider in that sense okay um just so everybody knows that uh, but that's a lot of folks that have a a mental illness and either don't want to get help for it or or are afraid to get help for it we don't want that to be the case for anybody okay with mental illness being more aware i think have y'all seen a lot more commercials lately on tv if you watch tv <laughs> good for you because it's dangerous Um, There's a lot of commercials on now about mental illness and getting help, and I'm glad to see that because we need to admit that mental illness does exist. I think we in the church need to admit that there are members of the church who need help with mental illnesses. It's not uh, a thing to be ashamed of. Uh, I can remember growing up, probably the response would have been, you know, hey, Dad, I think I need to see somebody, the response would be, no, you don't. You just need to read your Bible more and pray, and you'll be okay. And I'm not against reading the Bible more and praying, but there are times when somebody has something going on up here or wherever that center may be that you need something in addition to some professional assistance, in addition to what the book says. And we are there to provide that. So let's let's realize that the church does have that issue. There is a problem, and if there is a problem, we have an avenue uh, to address it, okay? Um, Some will say, um, uh, counseling is just a bunch of hooey, nobody needs to go counsel and rah, 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 but I don't think even the Lord uh, would support that argument if you're fair with the scriptures. If you remember in reading in the Old Testament, uh, the book of Psalms, chapter 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the what the counsel of the ungodly. So there is a recognition that there is counseling. There's both good and bad counseling, and we offer Christian-based counseling. Solomon wrote in Proverbs 11, 14, Where there is no guidance, a people fails, but in abundance of counselors there is safety. And in Proverbs 15, 22, Without counsels, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. So, we are a worthwhile arm of what the church can offer and are very appreciative of your support as we try to uh, give that to folks. The Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2 Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And in verse 10 of that same chapter, As we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially those of the household of faith. So that's a scriptural foundation for what we do. I've told you about our two counselors and their excellent work that they do. I will share with you that through September of this year, 2023, our two counselors have seen 154 clients And have conducted 889 sessions. In 2022, they saw 215 clients and conducted 1,393 sessions, so they were really busy last year. Not quite so much this year, but uh, enough to keep us um, in the office and, and doing our thing. Now, you may ask, do I have to come in in order to get counseling? Can I do this another way the answer is both yes and no. The yes answer is you do need to come in. We request at least for your first visit, so we can establish a rapport, settle a payment uh, schedule that you're comfortable with, and get all your information entered, entered in. But beyond that, if you want to do strictly telehealth, we can do that. Um, and our we do. Rachel does more telehealth than Jason, but we do a fair amount of telehealth conferencing we'll telehealth couples the husband may be on one um, spot and the wife another and the counselor talking to both at the same time so telehealth is available if you are interested uh, and that's going to work better for your schedule so we can do uh, either one what type of counseling do we do at greater chattanooga christian services um Let's make this audience participation hour or time if you don't mind. Um, what would you think our counselors see people uh, for at GCCS? Just holler it out to me and we'll see where we stand. What do you think? Why do we see people? Anxiety, probably number one. Probably the number one reason. And I was really surprised, folks, back in, because uh, I was still on the board in 20 when COVID hit. And we, you know, everything shut down. As you well know, you were alive and with me at the same time. You couldn't go to church, couldn't do anything, couldn't eat out because all the restaurants were closed, and I about died because I don't cook a lot anyway living at home by myself. But, um, you know, everything shut down. So we thought, boy, we're really going to be in trouble because they couldn't come into the office for help uh, during all the COVID uh, scare. And telehealth was really a boon to our business. We did more business. Because of COVID, with telehealth, because we could see people and and serve them, serve their need that way. And COVID was a great button pusher for anxiety, was it not? Even if it didn't bother you, didn't it bother you? I mean, it just changed our world. So um, we were we were blessed by the Lord, I think, because of that situation. We're able to meet the needs of our clients at that time. I would say anxiety is probably number one. If I had to list it, what would you list as one A? What do you think? Depression. depression. Yeah, boy, I'm depressed. I don't know what I'm depressed over, but I'm depressed. I'm depressed in my marriage. I'm depressed at work. I'm depressed at school. These poor kids got to go back to school. I know it's awful. It, just wait. Someday you'll be out of school and have to work every day of your life, so it does get better. But uh, depression, great, great concern. A lot of people are depressed. And again, from a Christian perspective, we think, I shouldn't be depressed, I'm a Christian. And I'll grant you, we should be the happiest people on earth, but depression gets everybody at one time or another. And if it's got you so much you can't do and be what you want to be, come see us, and we'll try to help get you out of it. Okay, anxiety and depression, what else you got for me? PTSD, for sure, yeah. Listen, I've not even been in a situation where you could have PTSD, and I think I've got it. Um, but PTSD, that is a serious, legitimate concern that needs to be addressed, and you all know people coming back from war used to uh, tell them, i just get over it and get out there and, you know, join the world again, but that's just not possible without some help, so PTSD for sure. What else? Bipolar, yeah, bipolar. Now, again, bipolar is one of those with the psychiatric connection. I, we can't deal with your bipolar uh, condition or personality with drugs. But if you're on medication and are stabilized and need counseling, we can do that, okay? Uh, I'll, I'll not share any names or anything, but I can tell you that we have dealt with, I know of at least a couple of folks, uh, and this is one I'm sure you would probably mention somewhere down the road, not bipolar, but we have dealt with a couple of uh, young people, teenagers, uh, and their struggles with uh, gender identification. Now, that's similar in my thinking to, to the bipolar ups and downs, but, you know, struggling with, with transgender or, or, you know, what is my gender and what is my role? And that's a, a real concern. It's a monster concern today, is it not? We're eat up with that. We're, that's uh, hammered on us every day just about. And you need to know how from a biblical perspective to deal with that, okay? So that's, that's one we face. What else you got? Stress. Oh, yeah, stress for sure. And uh, you can get stressed almost anywhere doing almost anything, okay? I, I live at Black Creek, as, as Jerry mentioned, and I play golf, and I bring stress on myself every time I go to the golf course. I don't know why I do it, but, um, but stress, yeah. I mean, stress is a biggie, okay? It can, it can take you under. So stress for sure. What else? Addiction, Addiction okay. What can we be addicted to? substance abuse drugs alcohol what else cigarettes Cigarettes. what else huh pornography Pornography, for sure okay i know the young people could tell you this and they don't want to do it because they don't want you getting on to them when you get them home but i dare say if you have a computer with internet access and about four keystrokes you can find a pornographic site unless you have a block you know a child block or a Something on your phone or your computer. It is rampant, folks. Pornography is rampant, and we need to acknowledge it and try to get a hold on it. Um, another addiction? Food. Thank you for sharing that, Shannon. I'm so appreciative of that. Um, food is a problem, okay? I, the first congregation I went to when I took this position, um, we were doing this right here, and I asked him. I said, okay, what do you... Uh, what addictions do you know of? And the first one the lady said, and I never thought of it, was Internet. How about that? You know anybody addicted to the Internet? You probably do, okay? I was sitting uh, the other night at Zaxby's. Tried their new sandwich, and it's really good. Yeah, I tried. But I'm sitting there at Zaxby's, and there's a couple in the next booth over. And the husband is sitting there trying to talk to the wife, and the whole time she was eating, she had her phone right here. Doing this, look at that. you know. And I'm thinking, honey, put the phone down and talk to your husband. You married him for a reason. Because I don't know what that reason was. But um, Internet addiction. We are addicted to the Internet. We have to be on our phone. We have to be on our computer. We have to know what somebody uh, tweeted or texted. Is it tweeting now? Because he's gone to X. He doesn't call it Twitter anymore. Is it still tweeting? Okay, I knew y'all know. Um, you know, we can get addicted to the internet in no time. Okay. All right. I can't think of any other addictions. Y'all got any more? Gambling. Gambling. Thank you. Very good. Yeah. Big problem. I'm fascinated because uh, I do watch a lot of sports with how all these sports sites, before the game, during the game, after the game, here's where you can go. You know, talk to this expert. They'll give you odds during the game. You know, is, is Robert Acuna going to get a hit or a stolen basis inning? And you can bet on whether he does or not. So it's scary stuff. Okay, um, let's leave the addictions behind. What else haven't we mentioned? Um, what about grief or loss if you've lost someone in your family and you're really struggling with, with that hitting your life? That's, that's something we can help you with. Uh, for the, ch- the, the young people... Um, school issues, college issues. You're getting ready to go into college? That's a pretty scary time in your life. Work-related, uh, divorce. We deal with, unfortunately, a lot of divorce um, in our line of work. Co-parenting, marital problems, and matters of faith. If you just call and say, hey, I'm, my faith is waning. I know you're a Christian counselor in service. Can you help us? Yes, we can. We'd be glad to do that. Okay? Now, I'll I'll wrap up real quick because we're going to be done uh, in just a few minutes. Our support, where do we get our support? Three primary sources of support. First is our counseling fees, which we've already discussed, prorated based on the client's ability to pay. We conduct an annual golf marathon each year in the spring. We play at Mont Lake, which is just down the road here. Uh, Joel, matter of fact, Joel's played with us the last two or three years. What we like to do is have the person who's playing the course get pledges from individual persons, either in the church or friends that they know, will you sponsor me for five cents a hole, 10 cents a hole, or a dollar a hole, and have them go out and play as much golf as they can play. And then the person sponsoring writes GCCS a check for the amount of holes that they play. This works really well. It's a nice setup. We have the course all, all to ourselves for the whole day. We do little goodie bags. We'll feed you breakfast. We'll feed you lunch. We even give you golf balls to lose on the mountain, so you don't have to lose your own golf balls. Uh, but it's a fun event, so if you can play, if you're interested, give us a call and let us know. The last one was Tuesday, May second, and that was our most successful event today. We did really well on that one. Our last one is um, um, individual and local support through churches and For the individual support, our big push is with Thanksgiving uh, contributions. We do a Thanksgiving collection, uh, and he's popped up the slides. I told Charles I had some other slides with some of this other stuff on it, and being the technological wizard that I am, I lost it. Uh, But I do have this one. Uh, But we do the annual Thanksgiving contribution each year. Uh, This year's is gonna be on the 19th of November. Uh, What we have uh, is, these little envelopes and I will leave these uh, with you all out in the lobby. Uh, if you want to write us a check, uh, put a cash in there checks better obviously. but if you want to put your contribution in these envelopes, you can leave them with your elders. they can get us to us or you can mail these to us if you want to do that. but this is our go-to uh, drive each year as far as raising money is concerned. Uh, today. That, that, that. Okay, and because of your contributions, we can do what we do. I will tell you that last year, um, I think last year was our best uh, collection in some time, and we collected from the churches here in the area over $42,000 just from the Thanksgiving contribution. And this is not cutting into your uh, weekly uh, contribution. This is above and beyond. If you as a member want to write us a check, we would be much appreciative that you could do that. But that's what this work does. And here's how you can send us funds. It doesn't have to be just at Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving is our big push. You can mail it to us at P.O. Box 16396. If you go online to OurGCCS.org, you can pay through PayPal. Or if you go to Venmo, I think it's at Greater Chattanooga on Venmo. I don't know. I've only Venmoed once in my life, and I, I think I did it and didn't hurt myself but uh, I'm not a real Venmo pro but uh, again, y'all know what Venmo is you can, you can bring us up to speed okay, so there's, there's how you can help us out with the Thanksgiving contribution I also have some uh, little business cards I'll leave these for you uh, as well uh, and that is our work that is what we do and who we are I enjoy so much getting to do this I think the Lord knew that Steve didn't need to lay around his condo um, All the time when he wasn't playing golf, so he said, Why don't you go to work at GCCS? And I'm really blessed that he did. And uh, we are very appreciative of you all uh, supporting us and pray that you'll continue to do so uh, for many years to come. If there are any particular questions, I'd be glad to try to answer them um, at this time. Oh, how about that? Um, Anything in particular that I haven't addressed? Yes, sir. we yes I, I say yes i don't know don't know how well we can i don't know that we can resolve the situation, but we can't help the uh the child being bullied, I think with coming to terms uh somewhere down the road somebody's gonna have to you know talk to the to the parents and say this needs to stop, but we can help yes, and an offshoot of that that I didn't mention, and I apologize we do see children at g c c s sir. Oh yes, yeah, definitely so. Yep, yeah, it definitely is. Uh, children, probably from age six and up, we would see children. We don't, we don't help all that much with. Um, I know we don't touch the terrible twos, uh, and probably three, four, and five is a bit much. But once they hit adolescence, uh, first grade, once they're in school, six, six years old and up. We have uh, we can see uh, and have seen children that young to try to help them. Thank you. It's a good question. I don't know that I've answered that completely, but we can uh, help. Yes, Dr. Ziegler. Um if you call our number, we can we don't have it on our number, but if you get if you call the number, you'll get either Beth Knoll, our office manager or myself when the office is not open. We take call twenty-four seven and if you call and need assistance, we do have those numbers at our uh, beck and call to give you the number to call. Yes. Yeah. Anybody else? Again, I thank you so much for letting me do this. Um, this, is, this is an enjoyable work. I think it's, um, it's something the Lord expects us to do, uh, as I've shown you from scriptures and uh, and we Enjoy very much doing it, and appreciate your support financially. Keep us in your prayers, of course, at all times, um, but we appreciate it very much. Let's go to the book of Matthew, if we could, for just a moment. Charles when he, and Charles reached out to me. He said, do you want to do the invitation? I said, well, I probably could, uh, if, you, uh, if you really want me to. Uh, and, and lo and behold, the Lord again was with me. Uh, Steve Clemens presented this Wednesday night, and I said, I think I'll steal that from Steve. So, these are Steve's ideas, but it's the Lord's verses, and we can apply them. So, you have three invitations in the book of Matthew, and I think if we look at them and apply them to the Lord's expectation of us, uh, we can can get a sense of what he wants from us. So, let's go to Matthew chapter 11, if we could, for the first one. Uh, Three invitations. This first one you know uh, very well. Um, We sing it in an invitation song many times. um, But starting in verse 28 of Matthew 11, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is an invitation from the Lord for us to change our attitude, I think, as we look at him and and take on the relief that he is willing to offer us. And it's interesting that he gives us rest by taking his yoke upon us. Uh, you know, a yoke of oxen pull the cart and they're Uh, beasts of burden but that's not what he's referring to or how he's comparing us but if we will take his yoke upon us we will find a change in our attitude towards him and see him for who he is and that is our our comforter uh, casting all our cares upon him for he cares for us changing our attitude and how we uh, think and live so it's an invitation I think uh, to change our attitude Uh, here in Matthew 11. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16 starting in verse 24, the Lord said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life? Or what shall a man give in return for his life? For the average Joe on the street, who do you think in his mind is the most important person in his life? Himself. I think for the majority of people that we know, Uh, And hopefully not for us. Uh, If it is, we need to look at our attitude. But for the majority of people in the world, the most important person in the world is me. And because of that, I'm going to spend my life trying to gain things for myself and see how much wealth I can accumulate and how big a house I can live in and how big a car I can drive uh, and various things like that. But where is that going to get that person when his life is over? Nowhere. I mean, when this life is over, he's not taking any of that with him. You know, who's, uh, he, he told the rich, the foolish um, um, ruler, uh, I think it was in Matthew as well where this is recorded, uh, you know, he said, um, I've got so much stuff, I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger barns, and then I'm going to say to myself, so take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry, and then he's going to find himself at death's door, and the Lord says to them, Who shall these things be when you leave? I don't know who's going to drive my pretty red thunderbird when I'm gone, but it's not going to be me. I don't know who's going to live in my condo when I'm gone and swing my golf clubs, but it's not going to be me. But if I spend all my life building up nice things here that I can enjoy and don't have the attitude that the Lord expects me to have, then my life is wasted and my soul will be lost. So this is a call to a change in action. Our actions need to be driven in consideration of what I can do for others and not what I can do for myself. So if that's what your life is, one that makes me happy, you're missing the boat and you need to be making others happy. Okay, so a change in attitude, a change in action. Finally, let's go to Matthew 25. For the last one and I always enjoy this this whole chapter is just a fascinating chapter to read but in Matthew 25 beginning in verse 31 when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him then he will sit on his glorious throne Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, and here's the invitation we all want to hear, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And if you go on and read the rest of this, and it's true for both the sheep on the right and the goats on the left, they say to him, Lord, when did we see you this way? When were you hungry and we fed you? When were you naked and we clothed you? When were you in prison and we came to you? And he's going to say what? And that you did it to the least of one of these. You did it to me. So the action has to be A self-denying action, as you said in Matthew 16, and an action driven to care for others. And then we'll get the ultimate invitation, which will result in a change of address. And where will our address be at this time? We're going to heaven, okay? We just finished in our Sunday school class uh, this morning. We've been studying the one word, I understand y'all are doing that with Joel here, Uh, but we have been on eternal issues, uh, resurrection, heaven, and we just finished our study on hell, and we talked in there about how hell is not mentioned as much when you hear people preach from the pulpit, and I'm not saying we need to be focused on hell, but people need to realize that hell is a reality that is going to be in existence for as long as heaven is going to be in existence. And if we're not the servants that the Lord wants us to be, providing clothing and shelter and visiting and all these other things, then our address is going to change in the last day. But we're not going to have an address that we want to have in heaven. We'll have an address that we don't want to have in hell. So let's consider that. I'm sure the majority here that I'm speaking to are already members of the church. You have given your life to Jesus. If you have not, then I can tell you with all the love in my heart that your address is already set and you don't want to go there. You need to become a follower of the Lord. And you can only do that by becoming obedient to what he tells us to do. He tells us we have to repent. Luke thirteen three. We have to confess. Romans 10, Matthew 10. We have to be immersed in water for the forgiveness of our sins. Numerous citations in Acts and over in... Uh, Uh, 1 Peter where he says the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. If you haven't done that, you're out of step and you need to get in step. If you are uh, already immersed for the forgiveness of your sins but feel your life is not completely in step with the Lord and need to make a public confession of that, then we would encourage you to do so at this time while we stand and while we sing.